Welcome to the show. We have one of the nicest MCs joining me here on the show here tonight. Goes by the name of Great God. Joining me on Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Light 265, iHeartRadio. Just recently signed a deal with Rock Marcy. He's joining me here on the show here tonight. Goes by the name of Great God, as I said before. Great God, how's it going, man? How's life? Oh, man, life is great, man. I can't complain. How you doing, family? I'm doing pretty well, man. I know you got a lot going on. You're running around here. You just recently signed a deal. How did it finally feel to put the pen to that paper and sign that contract? Because I know all about your history from changing your name, taking a break. And while you were taking a break, you were still recording. You started messing around with the camera. You were doing the movies. So how does it feel to finally get that notoriety and feeling as though that I'm actually valued at what I do here and people recognize me for my greatness in music? How do you feel to hit the paper? Um, it felt, it felt, it felt amazing, man. Um, like you said, man, I've been, I've been at it and, and, you know, putting down this music for so long. It's like, nah, yo, this is, it's a great feeling now. But at the same time, I got so much personal shit going on in my life right now, you know? So, you know, it have been a lot of deaths, man. And, and, you know, probably five, six deaths since January. So it's kind of hard at the same time to, to really, to really, you know, feel what's going on, I'll be forgetting sometimes that I got a deal until I get that text from Rock Marcy in the morning. He's like, yo, God, yo, I keep getting calls about you, you know what I'm saying? So, but it feels good, man. It feels, definitely feels good to finally, you know, reap the benefits of the, uh, of what's been, what's been, uh, you know, what I've been putting out there for so long. <laughs> Excuse me. You've been working for sure, and it's well-deserved. The talent is there, because I prefer rappers such as yourself, because I know what's going on out here. It's all politics. They're controlling the narrative, the message. We know about it. Yeah. The underground is better than the mainstream, 100%. It's always been, and I think it's finally going to get up to the point now where people are seeing it through social media. If you're really tuned in out here and you're about the hip-hop culture, whether you're a DJ or just a fan of the genre, you're starting to notice it now. It's getting exposed this year. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely getting exposed. It's like, you know, the underground is getting ready to be the overground, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's 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 time for the, it's it's that time right now. So, yeah, man. It's I ain't gonna lie. It's a, it's a great time to be. So everything it had to do for me it had to do with timing. So I know I know don't nothing happen in my time. It only happened when God planned it to happen. And when God say you're supposed to get it, and when God feel like that you're ready to receive the blessings that you're supposed to receive, that's when you'll get them. So, you know, I I, I, uh, I was a person that, you know, I young, young, I knew how important patience was. So I mastered patience early. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing, because I know they always say it's on God's time. And, and you have something with, with sevens that you're in alignment with, just how everything is adding up to you, which is why this is your year. Right, absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, in the nation of gods of earth, the seven is the God number. So, you know, no matter no matter what I'm doing, I'm I'm always, everything is the seven for me. So, you know, that's, that's you know, the lucky sevens. But it ain't luck because everything that, that I've been doing, you know, it, it was goal-orientated. You know, I just, like I said, I just had to be patient. You got the Rock Marcy one checked down already. You got a project curated by him, produced by him coming out soon. So that's off your checklist. I know you want to work with Jay Electronica and Nas. What are the updates on potentially getting these features in the near future? Uh, so the J 
Jay Electronica, the Jay Elect, uh, actually both of those features is probably going to happen uh, this year. Um, yeah, actually both of those, man. Um, you know, Chris Schwartz, I'm not sure if you know who Chris Schwartz is, but he had a hand in finding Nas and bringing Nas to the, to the, to the forefront. So, you know, and brothers, my people. I think that that's gonna happen soon. You know what I'm saying? He definitely on the radar at this point, though. You know, I'm on his radar at this point. When you and Nas link up for a record here, because I know that I can is your one of your favorite Nas records, and you've spoken about it before, wanting to bring the positivity and, and playing the game to change the game. That's so important nowadays with the industry, what everyone's going right. through. Are you looking to make an I can type of record with Nas? So, so with Nas, I'm definitely it's definitely going to be a conceptual record. It's definitely going to be a story. It's going it's going the, the video will be a movie literally yeah man because you know when when you get with with somebody that's is lyrically inclined and, and and verbally you know nasty as Nas you can't take that for granted like I can't get a regular record from Nas like it was just like I want him at his super duper best so you know those are the records that inspired me when I was young to say yo man this is what I want to do you know what I'm saying so. I, I gotta get that. I gotta get that type of record out of Nas. I gotta get a, a, a shootout. You know what I'm saying? From it was or, written. Or got to be, right, right. One of them records. Yeah. Tough. When do you think was Nas was at his truly best? Because some people will say that it was the it was written Elmatic era, but then right now with KD, all the KD records he's been dropping, people are like, "This is the best that we've heard Nas." So I don't see like a lot of people listen to Nas and they feel like that he went through a slump. I don't really, I don't really feel like that he went through a slump. I think it may have been a it may have been a point where he needed to pick better production. But I, I take any era Nas. You know what I'm saying? I never feel like he fell off at all. No, he, to me, he's been consistent. I know people always say that I am and Nostradamus. Those were the projects right. that were kind of like, and, but I, I, I like I am though. I think I am is a decent album. I thought I thought I am is a great body of yeah. work. Nostradamus was, you know, but he was trying things, man. You know, if if we don't if we don't change, we can't grow. If you if you're doing the same thing, then you're not evolving. Thing artistically, and it just may not have been what we wanted to hear from the God, but it was still crazy. The boss was always still crazy. Mm-hmm. But you, you've had many influences, like Cool G Rap, Mob Deep, and we'll get into Mob Deep in a little bit. But when you were back, especially in Milwaukee and out in the Midwest, you were listening to West Coast. You were more about the West Coast with Spice One. Right. Absolutely. So. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was into, I was in the Sally Cell. I was into Mac Mall. I was in the Spice One. I was, I really was an E40 fan. You know what I'm saying? Because I liked it the way he played with the word. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely was the E40 fan. And you were able to locate back and forth, especially after your high school and everything, going back to, to Rochester, you had your time up in Syracuse as well. It, something that was interesting about your journey was that you're trying to 
go low key. You've always been low key throughout your whole life. But with going to Syracuse, you were just trying to get there low key. So how did people really find out about you and who you were once you got to Syracuse? Um, musically, they found out about me because I, uh, I, I, I met, I met three brothers that was super duper duper dope in Syracuse, right? They were super duper duper dope. And they were so dope that I wanted the rest of the world to hear them. Sammy G, Louis Vuitton, Thump Mendoza. So, you know, I took what I had and their lyrical ability because they was always crazy. So it was like, man, I got to let the world hear them because I ain't never heard nobody like Thump Mendoza. I never in life, if you get a chance, Google Thump Mendoza, T-H-U-M-P-M-A-N-D-O-Z-A. I've never in life heard nobody rap like him. And he's been rapping like that since I met him. So at that point, it was just my duty. Like, you know what? I want to be low, but it was like, man, we about to do this music. And we about to put this music out. And we about to show the world that we super duper dope. So, you know, after that, it wasn't no being low key. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we ended up being the hottest things moving. And we see the trend from there. And you were actually the person that was telling A&Rs that you got to check out for Benny and Conway. And you tried to even get up with RZA about them, too. Hell, yeah. Yeah, I was in I was in Buffalo with RZA. And I was telling him about Conway and Benny. But, you know, it was it was after a big Wu-Tang show. You know, it was, it was people. It was probably just too much. It was too much going on. There was a lot of people around. Um... I don't even know Rizzo was actively looking for no artists at that time. And he definitely wasn't looking for nobody that was from Buffalo. He wasn't looking for nobody that was outside of the five boroughs because, you know, we all got a misconception about upstate when you come from New York City. It's like, man, they, you know, what they doing up there? I don't even, I don't care what they got going up there. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It was one of them situations. I had Ito so on I my show. A few months ago, and I wanted to ask you this question because you just brought up outside the five boroughs, and he was the one that yeah. introduced you to Rock Marcy. I want to ask you this question, being that you were able to relocate to upstate New York, Syracuse, Rochester, all that. What happened to the right. boroughs when it comes to the lyrical hip hop and why it just went downhill? Like, what what happened to which it was you guys that held it down for the city? Right. Uh, so what happened was in New York City, you had to make certain records to get played on the radio. And of course, everybody wants to be on the radio. So they wasn't playing. Even now, it's, it's hard to get a boom bap record on the radio. So obviously, a lot of guys that rap, son, they, they, their heart is not really in the music. Their heart is in making some money. And, if, and, if, and, and that's why I say that my music resonates differently because my objective never was to make no money. My objective was to always be heard. So they had to adapt, and they had to keep switching, and they had to keep trying to keep up with the Joneses and switch again and switch again. So they had to try all of that shit. They, there wasn't no way that they could they could keep rapping the way that they was taught how to rap and, and rap like the way that they that they thought of, you know, the way that the, the way they fell in love with hip hop because that wasn't going to get them no money. And like I said, their ultimate goal was really to get some bread. So at that point, you got to adapt. You got to be swift and changeable. So I feel like that's why, you know, that's why the music went down. And then in New York City, it's so competitive. It's like 
don't nobody want to help nobody in music in, in, in the city, in the boroughs. So your man is, you might be with somebody every day. He, I might have just put out a single and we'd be riding in the car every day. You won't even post my joint of your story. But you like a Meek Mill shit. You like a T.I. joint. You putting comments telling these dumb dumbs happy birthday and you don't even know them. You understand what I'm saying? But I could be sitting next to you, right next to you, and just got a fly single out and I got to ask you to post my joint. So that that be that's just New York City shit. You know, everybody always trying to one-up each other. So... You know how that go, man. It's like, or you may not know how it go, but but that's how I go in New York City, son. Like, everybody wants the top spot in the city. So don't nobody want to say, yo, listen to my man. Like, yo, son, crazy. Like, even right now, I'm watching, and all of the people that was cheering me on, ain't none of them putting me in their story no more. <laughs> ain't, no more ain't no more, ain't no more, damn, great God, you're doing your thing. They don't like pictures. They don't comment no more. Nothing. Because you blew like, up. You finally, your moments now, they know it. And they're just yeah. like, eh. Yeah, they like, boy, this boy is real. This yeah. boy is for real. And he is coming no homo. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> he is on our, he is on our ass right now. So, you know, I would have, I was about to say, I understand why they wouldn't alley me, but I never understand the actions of a sucker because, I'm going to alley you regardless to whom or what because it ain't going to do nothing for me. It's not going to hurt me to alley you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's funny and just interesting about your journey because even when you weren't rapping, you were going around here sweeping up the stages and doing the cameras to the point where your relationship with Prodigy, he even stuck up for you one night and said, he is no cameraman. Right, right, yeah. He definitely, he definitely said that. He was mad at my man. He was mad that somebody kept saying, calling me cameraman, cameraman. He's like, yo, my man ain't no fucking cameraman, son. <laughs> <laughs> you know you don't know who this is, son? And, and he definitely he definitely stuck his chest out. He did that. Yeah. He did. Now, how did that situation make you better as a person just going forward? Because that's a humbling experience because you're doing tracks with Jada Kiss and you're, you're trying to really make it as an MC because when you think about rappers, they're all trying to be arrogant and be the top dog. So how did that humble you and just to getting you back on the path now to where you're at now? Um, It, it humbled me because it, it, it humbled and helped me because, bro, it was like, it was like, I don't know, man. It just, it, it, it was just been in my heart for so long. And to have, to have somebody and, and, and somebody like P in that, in that, in that particular example, be like, nah, my man is this and my man is that, you know what I'm saying? It was like, oh yeah, nah, that's what's up. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You see the growth, especially this year. Everything's coming to light. But there's so many other stories that we get into, especially with Green Lantern, because you were cool Green Lantern getting the tracks with him back in the day. But he was there when you were putting the iceberg sweaters on the stage and you're jumping, walking over them. You have that that all on recording, too. Yeah, not just two or three of them either. I'm talking about enough icebergs to where I could have slipped and and, and fell. You feel me? It was... It was it was icy on that stage that night. It was a ski slope. <laughs> all I need all I needed was a snowboard. It was so much iceberg and cool. 
a piece of my man Marlo. He was on that record with me. Um, but yeah, man, that was a hell of a night, man. That was an ill night. Mm-hmm. You actually you had the first idea. Right now, you just... What's that? I said, is this interview live right now? Yeah, it's live. Yeah, it's live right now. Okay. Absolutely, man. I, I wanted to get into the, the stories that uh, that you have here as well, not, not just with, you know, we talked about DJ Green Lantern, but you got the Mob Deep story because Joey Majors is the one that eventually linked you up because you got with Prodigy, and then you decided to get Havoc on board too. Right, yep, yeah. yeah. That was all, that was a all Joey Majors play. He was just gracious enough to bring me along in on that play. But that was his play. You know what I'm saying? Like, Havoc, Havoc had already been tapped into what was going on. But, yeah, man, that was Joey. That was a Joey play. You know, he had his own relationship with Prodigy, too, besides my relationship with P. He had his own little situation with P. And, um, yeah, man, he was like, yo, great God, you got to get on that. And I'm like, shit, of course. Like, why not? And it all came from there. What was the last time that you saw Prodigy? Um, I saw P, Matt, I saw P in Syracuse, probably, it was him and Smith and Weston, so that probably was like a year before he passed, six months before he passed. Man, you rest in peace yeah. to, to Prodigy with one of the greatest ever, do- Hell on Earth, I think, is the best Mob Deep record. What's your favorite Mob Deep record? Um, my favorite Mob Deep record Album. is... Well, Hello Earth. Hello Earth, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello Earth, yeah, yeah, that's my favorite joint. You can't beat that. Nah, that's they was talking so flagrant, and you know the beats was so crazy. Alchemist was came into play. You know, it was that was that Hello Earth was different. Bloodsport extortion with Method Man. Whoa, yeah, that was that was that was a crazy time, man. that was a crazy time but i think that you're you're really capturing that era because when when i look at the whole snow day ep and just all the singles that you've been releasing my favorite song that you did is 12 12s i i still can't get past that intro track off of snow day what what is it about 12 12s that that, that you like about because everybody let that record what is it about that record it's the delivery i think it's the fact that you have pauses and then the beat kicks in and then it goes and it's it's like the the, the the sample in the background. It's every. It's just that record. It's a it's a piece of art. Right. Oh, that, I appreciate you, God. Like that one. Uh, I actually started doing a video for that joint too this week. Um, twelve twelve is definitely one of those one of my favorite joints. Yeah, and it just makes that's you get that when you when we talk about the real hip hop, that face that just makes you go like that. That's how I like my hip hop records when I hear them. Just like that, just right. make, make that that you know that scrunched up face. If you don't got the Conway face when you listen to my <laughs> joint, then then I ain't doing something right. <laughs> Word the mother. Yeah, you gotta uh, feel it. You gotta be able to feel because like with a lot of these new artists, I don't feel it when I listen to their music. You gotta feel it like throughout your soul. You gotta feel it. Just speaks to you, and your records right. speak to me that way. 
Nah, that's dope. That's dope. How did you even hear about that? Like, like somebody put you onto the record? Yeah. It, well, what happened was shout out to Andre Ryder. He told me because he added me on Instagram for us to get in touch for an interview. And then, gotcha. and then Sal reached out to me and we got connected. So I was checking out your music a little bit before and I was just hearing about you because I, I was constantly, I seeing you all over the place. I'm saying, this guy's going to get big. So I was checking out the music and then right. eventually we were able to get this solidified. Nah, yeah, that's beautiful, man. I'm glad that, I'm glad that you had me on too, man. Word. Yeah, man. No, you're doing a lot out here, but, but there's, there's so much that you have on the way, not just from the music standpoint, because I know you got the whole God Talk EP on the way as well. So you got a uh, lot of things, the Rock Marcy Project and your own TV show, Young Gods. Is there any update on this? You had four networks bidding against it. What's the update on this TV series? So, so, so I got a very important meeting that's actually taking place this week in, in reference to the film parts. The music, crazy. Yo, so I got Parks. I got Parks from Joe Button Podcast mixing my whole EP. He sent me some of the mixes today. Oh, man. Oh, man. He mixed the hell out of them records. He got them sounding crazy. I could tell. Is this going to be similar to Snow Day, or are you switching it up a little bit? Nah, so Snow Day was his own thing. Like I was in that mode. I might have watched. I might have watched Scarface too many times that month. And <laughs> and, and, and Snow Day is Snow Day. Um, God Talk is more intimate. It's more personal. You're gonna get more stories. More uh, you know, more real MCing. You know what I mean? Like Snow Day is true MC work. But you're gonna let me get. Let me tell you this. You're gonna get more substance out of God Talk. You know what I'm saying mm. that God talk is gonna be different. Just think, you could have really changed it. You're changing the game right now. I think you're you're, really, you're serving your purpose. You found your why in life. But before Kanye dropped Jesus Walks, you had your own Jesus record, the whole God talk. And Green Lantern was the one that said, "Don't don't take him to church." But you should have because yeah. it worked for Kanye. Man, yo, I'm not gonna lie. I was pissed off about that because. I rarely listen to people, but Green was one of those people that I that I listened to, and, and and I respected his opinion. And man, yeah, my song was my record was called Dear Lord, and he told me literally, nah, I don't know if you want to take him to church. And I'm like, all right, I ain't do it. And next thing I know, that man put out Jesus Walks, and he sold billions of copies. Yeah, I, and I I'm think not it... gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie, Dear Lord is better than Jesus was. Are we ever gonna hear Dear Lord? Are we gonna hear this? Yeah, when I take this mask off and reveal who, who I am and what I and what I've been through, then I'm gonna let y'all. I'm gonna let them hear how nice I've been for so long. Cause that's gonna give them a different perspective. Like, oh my, like he really been doing this. Oh shit. So yeah, I'm gonna give them the records. I just don't, you know, for right now. Don't worry about who under the mask and, you know, just listen to these bars. But, yeah, I'm going to give them the old records. I have to because it just show and prove that how long I've been spitting this crazy shit. That's going to be coming yeah. with your documentary. Have you thought about it? when? Because you've said it before. People are going to see the life story. You're going to have the 6,000, 7,000 people out there in the stands with the lighters. The documentary is going to come on behind you. Have you thought about right. that people may be disappointed when they take the mask off a little bit? Because I feel as though this is your gimmick. It's kind of like a superhero revealing himself. Right. Well, I don't know how long it's going to take, but 
they, some people may be disappointed, but I feel like that it'll be more appreciation than disappointment. I feel like that they'll appreciate me differently too. Mm. But it ain't gonna be no time soon. You know what I'm saying? It ain't gonna be no time soon. No. I might still do the rollout of the documentary the same way and leave the mask on. It, it could work. It's working for you because it's a part of your brand now. Yeah, I think I think that I might do that. Fuck me, I'm going to the car wash. My bad. Oh, no, it's all good. Trust me, man. But it's something that you relate to me, especially because it's so rare to find this nowadays, is that you've never smoked, you never drank before. And this was partially because you've said it, it's like burning money away. But more importantly, your uncle who was a boxer told you not to do it. It's not cool. Right. Yeah, my uncle Tommy, man. So my uncle Tommy, my mother's, my mother's youngest brother. Um, he, he's actually one of my only uncles that's still alive at this point too. But, um, yeah, I always, I always looked up to him, man. He was a great, he still is. He's a great man. He was, uh, somebody that I looked up to highly and not just because he was a boxer, but I just, I just used to watch him, man, and study his movements. Cause he was, you know, he was swift, man. He was, he was, he, he, he was magnetic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he told me a long time ago, like, nah, that ain't cool, like, you know? And when he said it wasn't cool, it wasn't cool, man. That just was that. It's all peer pressure at the end of the day. You don't – I think what's more real and to yourself is the fact that you can admit that and you don't do that because I feel as though everyone just follows a narrative. Nah, of course. Yeah, everybody following everybody. I I never wanted to follow. I always wanted to be different. Even to this day, it's like, nah, I don't want to do what they want to do. I don't want to do records with the people that they want me to do records with because everybody do records with them. So where, where's the exclusivity at? If I do a record with all of these people that everybody else, I'm, then I'm just like them. Exactly. That's why, I'm very, that's why I'm very selective of who I do records with. It's not It's not a money grab. It ain't going to never be none of that. All, everything that I do is going to really truly be authentic because I don't, I just really don't have, I don't have, I don't, I don't have to do what these other rappers have to do nine times out of 10. No. You know, so it's, you know, you're going to get the authentic me when you, when you get great God. If you were to take a percentage, what would you say are the percentage of hip hop artists? It could be anyone in the industry because you've been in the entertainment movies, everything. What What's the percentage of, of the hip hop artists, how they portray themselves to be in their songs that you would say that, they're living a lie. What would you say is that? Because because you used to rock the chinchilla minks all the way down to the ankle. We mentioned the iceberg sweaters. You were really getting money. Yeah. You saw how these they were these guys are renting their jewelry, renting their cars, and you were really living the life. And you right. you showed your wealth. So what would you say is really the shocking percentage? You probably think that these rappers are living a lie. Not, I would say ninety percent. <sighs> wow. I only I, I've never really met an artist and not been disappointed at who he was versus who I fell in love with musically. Wow. And I, and mind you, I've met I've met a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> I've been around I've been around a lot of people. So either they either they wasn't either they wasn't who they say they were, or they definitely wasn't who, who they portrayed to be financially. But for me, it was just like. Like damn, like he's really a sucker. Like you know, he's scary, man. Like he's really scary. I can recall. I won't even say their names. There was two, two people that I was in the club one night, and we was all out of town. And they was like, "Yo," they told me and my man Big G, like, "Yo, 
yo, it's crazy out here, man. Y'all better tuck them chains in. I'm like, what? Tuck my chain in? I didn't even tuck my chain in in the tunnel nightclub. <laughs> and I remember in the tunnel, they used to walk around and make you tuck your ear. And I'm not tucking my chain in. So I'm like, nah, I ain't tucking my chain in. But, you know, if I would have told people what happened that night and I would have told them who did it, they would have never believed it anyway because they were supposed to be the couple of the hardest people out. But now some could look at that and say, yeah, you was dumb for running around out of town with your chain out. And some people could just say like, but I just look at it like, man, I ain't doing that. We was running around with minks on and chinchillas on and chains on everywhere we went in other people's hoods. Hoods that, that, that people were scared to go to. We hopping now because guess what? If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You know you can't. If it's your time, it's your time. It ain't really no way around that. No. You know? And, and I know that I was favored by God, man, just because of all the things that I've been through and all of the things that I got past and I'm still able to pick my baby girl up who's 16 years old. You know, they didn't think I was going to make it this long. You know, my son is, you know, you know, I got, you know, like I got beautiful children, bro, that I'm still able to be a dad and still be able to be in their life after all the things that I've done. So, God got to have a special place for me in his heart and in the kingdom because Lord knows I done did too much fuckery to still be in, to be in this back seat of this luxury vehicle doing an interview. Exactly, man. And God bless and just everything that you're doing and most importantly, taking care of your family. I, I wanted yeah. to touch on this because I heard you speak about it in, in other interviews is that I feel as though you found more joy being in the movie side of things because you said it, people in the movie industry they help each other out and you kind of looked at it as more of your own people almost when it's in the music industry they're not helping you out like that but when you go to the the movie industry they're they're there to help you so what was that realization for you that kind of made you come to that conclusion because i and from my perspective just when i look at it on the music side of journalism journalists usually hate each other we're usually not friends in our field. So what was it that you were able to recognize that there's definitely some issues going on within the music industry and just people, you know, within movies that are more likely to help you out than in music? I mean, just, it just, it was literally that. Oh, go to the ball. It was just literally that, bro. Go to the ball. Um, it was literally that. I'm sorry. It was literally just me um, saying to myself, like, I've been doing this music. Don't nobody want to help you with a meeting. Don't nobody want to tell you who to, what PR to use. Nobody wants to do this. But as I'm filming and I'm breaking these cameras out, I'm meeting new people all the time. And all they want to know is how can they help? How can I assist you? What can I do to help you, you know, get more eyes on your situation? Um, you know, getting, even in like RZA, we, we was, I was with RZA the whole day and he, he was telling me, we had a lengthy conversation about movies and film. We didn't even talk about music. But when it came down to talking about film, we talked hour, hour and a half about that. He was real. He was very particular of what lenses how I shoot, how I should approach getting budgets. And that's just how I go in the film world, man. No matter where I was filming, what I was doing, it was people always coming to the set asking how could they be of assistance how can i help you how can i get more eyes on your situation you know stuff like that i'm coming there take it in you know stuff like that so the film just to me film is better bro it's just 
it's a different world. It, it's just a more welcoming world for me, in my experience. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree with you on that 100%. What was your first major experience in the film world? Because I know you got the Bars documentary on the way. I know you, you filmed that. Yeah. What was the first major experience? That it, it could be anything that you did on a movie set that led you to wanting to create your own TV series. So, ever, I've always ran around with a camera. So I always had it in my mind that I wanted to do a movie as soon as I was financially stable and where it wouldn't take away from the family. So I always had it in my mind that I was going to do a movie because I feel like my life was a movie. I felt like I was living a, a Pelequila. <laughs> you feel me? I felt like my whole life was a fucking movie. So I'm like, now nah, I'm going to tell my story. And then, um, you know, I started writing a couple scripts. Uh, I, I, I started shopping a couple scripts, went to a couple people, got beat, got feel like I got my ideas taken. So then I learned how to shut up and, and move in silence a little bit more, you know? But it was always in me, man. Like, I, I, you know, like just, it was always natural to me. It was going to be a natural progression. It was going to be music. And then eventually I was going to go in and I was going to start doing movies. Mm-hmm. How far do you take the plan when we go past the series? Are you looking to get more in front of the camera? Or are you, you're someone that just loves being behind the scenes and being the creator? Um, I've always, I always wanted to just be so low-key. I'm not really a camera in front of the camera type of guy. Um, I had to even just get reacclimated with with performing, but now that I perform with a mask on, it's a lot easier. You understand? Mm-hmm. Because you know, I just, I just never been. The, I, I never really want to be the as flashy as my lifestyle. I would only do that every once in a while. I would only go out every. God, knows and you don't know it. You know. So, you know, I, I, don't, I really don't have no desire to be in front of the camera. No. And we see that just you being low-key your whole life. So you stayed on this path and you're staying true to your your purpose out there. So I salute you for that, right. man, because a yeah. lot of people get caught up in the fame, the notoriety and all the that. The vanity, right? Yeah. Yeah, the vanity is – but vanity is a motherfucker, man. That's the, now, that's the real drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Vanity is the real drug, bro. So yeah, man. Yeah. I, I never got caught up in that, man. I, I you know, nah. Yeah, it, it's you're seeing how it's changing people's lives, especially with social media now. Because I know people are all into the blue checks now. Celebrities are losing the blue checks, so now it's like if you're you don't have a check, you are the real guy. You're your real self. Right. That whole blue check thing is funny to me because I see people. I see people with, with both perspectives. Some people saying the blue check, if you got the blue check, that you're somebody. Then they like, yo, if you bought your blue check, I work for mine. For me, I don't feel like the Instagram could validate who I am. I know I don't need a check. So I, I feel like that that's, that that's crazy that they say, oh, man, I work for my check. How are you going to let them buy the check? Let them buy the check. I don't care about no no damn blue check. Like, what does that really mean in the grand scheme of things? It, it doesn't mean anything. I always say that before. If, if you need a, a blue check to verify your life, that's crazy. It's, yeah, I, mean, I, used, that, I, it's I used crazy. to ask. I used to literally ask other. I just asked somebody that not that long ago. They're like, "Yo, we got to get your page verified." I said, "For what? Like, what does it do?" 
And they like, well, when you DM other people, it makes other people that's, that's verified follow you. I don't care about them suckers. I don't want them following me anyway. I don't want to talk to them. I'm not going to never DM them anyway. So, you know, like if I can't DM you on my own merit, then I don't then, then I don't want nothing to do with you anyway. That's no. like somebody saying, oh, you my man's man, so I mess with you. Nah, you got to mess with me for me, son. I used to tell people that all the time. Oh, you mess with my man. Yeah, oh, that's why. Nah, nah, uh-uh. I ain't with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I, I'm mess with me for me, not for the blue check, not for the fat, not for the th- the followers that I got. I could have bought all of them shits. Yeah. So what do that mean? At the end of the day, I see mad people with 80k, 100k followers, and then they get 20 likes and they get uh 200. 200 likes and, 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 and five comments. So we know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and then the you comments are me, all bots. Right. You mean to tell me that one, one percent of your, uh, uh, your hundred thousand, they tapped in? <laughs> like you got one percent of people that's, that's genuine, but people keep doing them and they buying followers, they buying everything. And guess what? You can't, you can't buy them people to come. When you come to the show, you're going to get the reality check. When you try to book a show, it ain't nobody there but the sound man and his baby mother and his drunk uncle. You know what I'm saying? You're lying to yourself, but you're not because you, you got your new Instagram and you saw everything grow organically and it's continuing to grow. Right. So you're going to have all those people out there in the crowd. All the yeah. the other ones, they're, they're lucky to have their mom and dad there. Yeah, nah, nah. And I'm not even going to lie, even on my Instagram... In the very beginning, I purchased a couple followers. I really did. Like, I really did. Against my against my better judgment, my man was telling me, like, yo, da-da-da-da, everybody watching you, da-da-da-da, just, just buy a 1,000 followers. And I'm like, for what? What is it going to do? He's like, yo, you just don't want people to go to your page and see. So I bought 1,000 of my followers. So I really, I really only got, like, 15K followers. You know what I'm saying? That's not bad, though. There's people that buy their whole worth of what they are. There's people that buy their whole, like, if they have 100K followers, they probably bought all that. Right, of course, of course. And they're not even going to tell you that, they're not going to tell you that they, that they did anything crazy. But, yeah, man, somebody that was on my team, and I was like, oh, nah. When I woke up and saw it, I'm like, oh, nah, nah, we don't got to do that. Cause that's that 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 wasn't the reason that I, that I hit the reset button. I hit the reset button so I could literally know what was what. That was the whole point of hitting the reset button. To get clarity. Yeah, I want to see what's really going. And we're seeing it all from there. What's next for you, man? Because you got the documentary, the the projects. What's your next move? Because you have a lot in the works, a TV series. We mentioned all this earlier. What's the next step from here? Every next move is uh, going on tour with Rock Marcy starting May 15th, uh, doing all of the U.S. leg of the tour. Uh, 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 you know what I'm saying? God Loves Rock Marcy tour. And after that, man, we're going to put the EP out. That's going to be fire, man. And I know you got this Annie Up yeah. with, with jo- Joey Majors coming out soon. Annie Up with Tech and Smith & Wesson, too. You got this Annie Up track coming out this summer. That's, that's Joey Majors and Tech and Steel. I ain't, I'm not on that one. They left me off for that one. I they ain't left the invite for that one. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they 
you got the project yeah, on the way. They left me off for that one. They, 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 yeah, man. But me and Joey Majors got a uh, a EP called and that'll be out coming soon too. So you know, just a lot of music, man. A lot of solo music. You know what I'm saying? So just to really dive in and really feel who Great God really is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that Hellrell is happy because that was something he was telling you. If you're afraid to be successful because he was tired of seeing you do all these features, he wanted you to do these solo records. That's right. Yeah, he was definitely one of the, somebody of my other mentor, Mike Childs. He was the only other person that asked me that, and I will never forget. That was years ago, and he was asking me, "Was I scared to be successful? Like, why are you not doing everything to to be successful?" And then Harrell asked me that last year. He was like, "Yo, God, put the record, put the music out, son. Like, I just want to hear you. The people want to hear you." So I'm like, "All right, say no more." And then everything comes into fruition from there. Everything lines up to where we're at now. Great yep. God is here. Man, yes, great God, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Is there anything else you want to let the fans know that we didn't touch on today? Nah, man, I think you 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 did your homework. You're an excellent, excellent interviewer. I appreciate you did that. Your homework. Nah, word them up. You did a great job, man. You asked me some stuff that people didn't ask. Hopefully, they got some insight on some new things and just go this up a brick and don't open it because it's going to be worth four or five thousand this time next year. That's a fact. And they can follow you on Instagram and Twitter at Great God, G R E A 8 G A W D for the spelling yep. right there. That's right. You already know, man. Great That's God. We'd love to have you back on the show once you're ready to drop something to you. You know, you're doing some more press. Once you drop something new, love to have you back on. Okay. Man. All right. No problem, God. I appreciate you. You already know, man. Shout out to everyone, Mid- Midwest Mac, Sal, Andre Ryder for connecting us and. Take care. Stay safe out there. I'm looking forward to really taking things to the top now. Yeah, big, big shout-out to Andre Ryder. That's my god brother, man. Big, big shout-out to him. We linked up years ago, and, and he never changed, and I never changed on him. Excellent, excellent songwriter. You know, he's he, he part of the great dad club like me. You know what I'm saying? Shout-out to Andre Ryder, man. That's my brother, man. He put me in a lot of – he's another selfless individual that – that I like to big up like Rock Marcy because he got me writing opportunities to where I'm writing records for TV shows and movies. And he did all of that. You understand? So he did that. Not only did he tell me what he was doing, he said, you can do it too. And he threw the alley-oop. So shout out Andre Ryder, my guy, John, I call him John Doe. Andre Ryder, John Doe. He's the writer of writers. His pen game is immaculate. Yeah. Shout out Benjamin Franklin, man. That's my brother. Shout out to him, man. And go get that actress, like you said, in 1212s. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> All right, God, peace. Oh, man, peace out. Peace. peace.